بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the first of October in the year 2023 and inshallah to spend now a few sessions on the important subject reflections on death and the afterlife so first of all how beautifully does our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us to prioritize our life in the following four sacred verses. So, we prioritize our life due to what's more important. When it comes to guidance, how to live your life, Allah the Almighty has put the priorities. But many people are unaware of the divine order. So, there's four holy verses. The first, In Surah Al-Mulk, Surah 67, verse 15, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says the translation, He is the one who has subjugated all the resources of the earth for you, thus funds you through its regions and eat of His provisions, yet know that to Him alone is the final resurrection. So what does it mention in this first verse? Which we recite every night, Surah Mulk, Surah 67, verse 15. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He has given you the earth for a livelihood. Then how does He describe how you acquire your livelihood? He goes, Famshu. Famshu fi masakinihim. Famously. Famshu means walk. Walk through its regions and eat of his provisions. Thus, when it comes to earning our livelihood, we are told to do it with the pace of a leisurely walk. I not to go overboard. Have you understood? So this is the first thing. First direct divine command. The second. Allah the Almighty and Glorious then says in Surah Al-Jum'ah, Surah 62, verse 9, the translation. O you who believe, when the call to salah is made on Friday, fas'aw at once to the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and quit all trade. This is best for you if only you knew. So now what is being referred to? The, the weekly obligatory Friday prayer. How does Allah want us to attend? Fas'aw. Fas'aw means hasten. Be quick to the remembrance of Allah and quit your trade. Thus, when it comes to the obligatory salah, we are told to hasten, i.e. quickly jog towards it. So notice the difference. When it comes to your livelihood, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Famshu. Leisurely earn your livelihood. Walk. When it comes to the fadad prayer, He subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fas'aw. I jog, do a quickly go to the obligatory prayer. 
the third verse. In Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3, verse 133, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says the translation, وَصَارِئُ To forgiveness from your Lord, and a garden as wide as the heavens and the earth, prepared for the God-fearing. So now what is being referred to? Allah the Almighty and Glorious is talking about paradise. And He says, وَصَارِئُ Wasari'u means race. Race to attain forgiveness from your Lord. And a garden as wide as the heavens and the earth prepared for the God-fearing. Those, when it comes to seeking forgiveness, preparing for paradise, the divine instruction is to race. And race means to run flat out. And finally, the fourth verse. In Surah Al-Dhariyat, Surah 51, verse 50, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am indeed sent as a clear warner to you from him. So what is now being mentioned? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fafirru to his blessed self. Fafirru means flee. Flee to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those when it comes to our own paralleled, exalted and majestic Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are told to literally flee like a caged bird who bolts as the latch opens to him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this echoes a hadith, hadith Qudsi, in Behaqi in Shu'ab al-Iman, number 4093, where Allah the Almighty and Glorious, he says, I am indeed the final destination. I, subhanahu wa ta'ala, indeed am the final destination. So now, these are the proofs. So let's reiterate. Have we give, been given a say in the matter? No, we've got no say in the matter. If you're a Muslim. So we can't rearrange this. Allah Ta'ala has set the Blueprint. So what is it? In summary, when it comes to our livelihood, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Famshu, do it with ease. <laughs> when it comes to the farad prayers, we are told to jog, be quick. When it comes to f- Seeking forgiveness and yearning for paradise, we are told to race flat out. And when it comes to the Almighty and Glorious Himself, we are told to flee, i.e. to Him. So what's the lesson? The more significant the objective, the faster we need to move towards achieving it. So say that again. The more, in, the more significant the objective, the faster we need to move towards achieving it. So this is the divine blueprint. First question. Anybody told you this? Now think about that. You know, how low have the Ummah fallen? This is not deduced by Imam Ghazali, right? So you can't even argue, look, this is a very deep, you know, deep tafsir. It's direct verses. It's 
not like, you know, even a tafsir, you've got to direct four divine verses. You can't go higher than the Quran. So that's the first thing. This is how low the Ummah's fallen. You don't even know the, you know, what the priorities are. Now, this is the disaster. Alas, one of those who then ignorantly do the following. And how many people are like this? They do not even make an attempt to go towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is the divine command? Flee to him. Look at the contrast. Allah ta'ala goes, when it comes to me, you flee to me. So if there's a ferocious lion behind you, are you going to start doing this? Right? You're not going to look back, you're just going to go flat out. He goes, that is how you go to Allah, Allah ta'ala is telling you. People aren't even bothered. <laughs> oh, brother, I haven't got time. I'll come to that. Secondly, they you know, go at a snail's pace to what? To forgiveness and paradise. What is the divine command? Race. And they're like slugs. <laughs> you know, they're Muslims, you know, but what's going on? I'm going to paradise. Are you actually moving? <laughs> You're leaving a, you know, a trail behind them. They go at a snail's pace to forgiveness and paradise, let alone race. Thirdly, they go to the obligatory prayer once in a blue moon, let alone jump to it. And they flee to work. <laughs> Striving every sinew in this regard, let alone just walk. So what's happened? Two disasters have happened. The first is we are not aware of the priorities. And no good blaming the scholars. This is Quran. You know, don't blame the scholars for everything. <laughs> They've got enough on their plate. Don't you need Quran? That's the response. And if you do, didn't you know that? Nobody told me. What Quran is telling you? Are you living according to the divine blueprint? A person lowers his head. He goes, to be honest, no. I'm striving. Then you say, right. Alhamdulillah, at least you've admitted that. But for God's sake, don't topsy-turvy it. That's what do you mean? So who are we supposed to flee to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why are you fleeing to work? You completely reversed it. Mm. Then he goes, what are you jogging to? <laughs> and he goes, what are you jogging to? And what's he jogging to? God knows. Right? He's supposed to be jogging to Salat. It's all reversed. And this is another reason why we're in such a mess. We've left the divine blueprint. Now what's interesting about this, normally the details are left to the Prophet. That allowed it. This is not even left to the Prophet. So think about that. Normally you get a verse, you think, look, it's a complicated verse, brother. Is there any tafsir on it? Every single verse is clear. Allah has made it clear. And this is why not, you know, we're in a mess. But the first thing is you must say, brother, you need to know the divine blueprint. Once you tell him that, he said, I didn't know that. Then it's no point continuing because he didn't know. 
And then you say, right, but how are you actually living your life? Apply the four conditions and you realize I'm not doing what Allah Ta'ala is telling me to do. So what's happening? It goes back to that statement. The more significant the objective, the faster we move towards it. If your objective is not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're going to put your energy somewhere else. Indeed, our beloved messenger does want, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, evil is he who is playful and careless and thus forgets the grave. Evil is he who is playful and careless and thus forgets the grave. This is in Tirmidhi, number 2448, Nehaki in Ishu'abbal Iman, number 8181, Hakim in his Mustadrak, Mishkat, number 5115. The Prophet said, evil. Allah Ta'ala uses that word quite often in the Quran. Sharab, what an evil drink. Then he mentions what an evil bed to lie in. Bi'as. The Prophet used the same word. So Allah said, Bi'as. Evil is he who is evil. He's playful, he's careless. In other words, he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. And he forgets the grave. That's what ultimately happens. He's completely oblivious to death. Now, why is that shocking? How can you be oblivious to something which is an absolute reality? You know, if you think about that, there's things you can miss. You can miss an appointment, you can, you know, get fired, you, you miss anything. You can't miss death. Even the Kofar admit that. Why have you forgotten a reality? Because you are playful, you are careless. Like Neil Postman wrote the book, Amusing Yourself to Death. And Sheikh Hamza, he goes, I recommend that people read that book. Why? Because this is what shaitan does. In the time of the Romans, it was the arenas, the gladiators. That was their amusement. What's our amusement? God knows, isn't it? Everywhere you look, everybody's got some amusement. He's just wasting his life with. So what is all that about? It's to make you forget the priorities which Allah has mentioned. And ultimately you forget the grave. But then what happens? You get that rude awakening. Meaning, somebody dies, and then somebody there, why are you going to shock? You know, you know, you get shocked about something that's not supposed to happen. If something's guaranteed to happen, you don't get shocked, then why do we get shocked? That's weakness of Iman. Think about that. You know, if you really think about it, it doesn't really make any sense. Consider also Bustar ibn Jahash al-Qurishi's report. When he said, Radiyallah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he once put some spittle on his palm. He then pointed to it with his index finger and said, Allah full of honor and splendor says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, do you think you can escape my punishment, O child of Adam, والسلام, when I have created you from something like this? Ibn Majah Sayyid. And Al-Isaba, page 142 of the New English Translation. Look how beautifully the Prophet would get the message across. He could have just said this. He could have just said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how are you going to escape Allah's punishment when He created you from a, a, a small amount of filthy water? But look how powerfully He did it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He took some saliva from His blessed mouth, put it onto His palm. So the Sahaba were looking, thinking, you know what? And then the Prophet doesn't put his blessed finger, he pointed to the water. Mm. 
And then he says, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, Do you think you can escape my punishment, O child of Adam, when I created you from something like this? You know, what an amazing statement. Can anybody deny that? You go to any hardcore atheist, weren't you created from that? Isn't that amazing? That from that, you now have come into existence. Can you deny it? You know, he goes, yeah. So, that's amazing, yeah. God's going to bring you back. Why do you find that amazing? You know, there's the logic. The logic is, yes, it looks irrational. It sounds irrational. But from a such a paltry small piece of water, you came into existence. So, Allah says, I created you from this. Do you think you're going to escape? Echoing the holy verse. Which holy verse? In Surah Yasin, Surah 36, verse 77, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَوَلَمْ يَرَ الْإِنسَانُ مِن نُطْفَةٍ فَإِذَا هُوَ خَصِيمٌ مُبِينٌ Does not man see that it is we who created him from a sperm drop? Yet behold, he stands forth as an open adversary. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? <laughs> you know, if you think about it, it's actually, it's so, you know, pathetic. The example Allah has given, in the sense of you. Does not man see that we created him from nutfah? Same thing. But then he says, yet behold, the same man then stands forth as an adversary to me. Hang on a minute. You was that filthy drop of blood. Uh, you know, whatever it was. Nutva. You was that. And now you are challenging the one who's designed you and created you. Why is Allah saying that? He's saying, you know, reason with these buffoons. An actual fight, there's a there's a report behind this. I mentioned it brief. The hadith is in Hakim Sahih. And there was a man called As ibn Wa'il. So who was this man? He was, his son was very famous. His son was the fox of the Arabs. Amr ibn al-As. So this is his father. Unfortunately, he died without iman. So As ibn Wa'il, he was always trying to catch out Rasulullah. So he's thinking, I'm going to strike when the iron's hot. Meaning, when I get an opportunity and I'm not going to let it go. So he is bound, you know, just imagine you can see him in the background waiting, thinking, what's the best time to like, you know, attack his message. So what happened? He sees Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is talking about resurrection. He goes, you will die, then you will resurrect. When he was saying that, As ibn Wa'il, he produces a skull. You know, where he got it from, God knows where. Mm-hmm. Well, another report says he got a human born. Doesn't matter, whatever it was. So he, he, just, he just interrupts the Prophet. He says, listen people, listen. Think. So the people look, he goes, what's he saying? He goes, this man is telling you, he goes, are you that stupid? That this bone, these bones are going to come back to life. He goes, are you that gullible? 
So look how interesting. You know, he was an evil genius. He was waiting. And if you think about it, it sounds like a very strong argument. He goes, look, you got his beautiful speech coming out of his mouth, but this is what it boils down to. <clears throat> He's telling you, look, this border I've got in my hand is going to come back to life. Do you believe that? So what happened? The people got, you know, affected. Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, He reveals Surah the Yasin, the last verses. أَوَلَمْ يَرَ الْإِنسَانُ أَنَّا خَلَقْنَاهُ مِنْ نُطْفَةٍ فَإِذَا هُوَ خَسِيمٌ مُبِينٌ وَضَلَبَ لَنَا مَثَلًا وَنَسِيَ خَلْقَهُ قَالَ مَنْ يُحْيِي الْعِذَامُ وَهِيَ رَمِيمٌ Does not man see it is we who created him from a nutfa yet behold he stands as an open opponent he says who will give life to dead bones so now because you know, we need Yashim, we don't even study Quran. <laughs> so who's Allah talking about? He goes, this nutfa, and it's true, you know, all these, imagine 60 years from now, it's going to be atheists. They're nutfa now. <laughs> so think about it, Allah knows these guys are going to be in these unis talking kufr. But at the moment, I'm talking to you now, they're nutfa. When these people nutfa, Dawkins and Hawkins, <laughs> Everybody's not for. <laughs> Don't forget that. Allah is telling you. <laughs> then he goes, they become opponents. <laughs> Look at how you started your flipping fruitcake, right? Who are you challenging? <laughs> then Allah says, they say, who will give life to rotten bones once they are dead? Allah quotes him. Then you, know, you get that baseball bat. <laughs> this is what he does to us. <laughs> right? He says this. He will give them life who created them in the first place. <laughs> you know, both, I won't say, people get upset, right? Thick Muslims, right? You know, thick Muslims, that's what you, like, you say, isn't it? Imagine somebody says the argument, bones, brother, bones, you believe they come into life. People in Graver come back to life in Shai Green. They're going to come back to life. Tinsley Park, they're coming back to life. Is that your religion? Tell you that. Same games. And then we go, oh, he's affected me, he's affected me. How is he affected you? Study Quran. Who brought those dead people to life? These bones that are decaying now under the earth. Where did they come from? Then they'll come out with their bakwas, right? He goes, God Almighty. He created it. And he goes, and what are you saying? I can't bring them back to life again. Then it goes on, the, the, the end of, and then Us was silenced. Now what's interesting, he was a genius. To silence a genius is not easy. And he actually thought this was the most opportune time to strike. But he didn't realize it was the worst time. <laughs> right? Allah Ta'ala plays games with them. After that, you notice he just fades into the background. He made you a laughing stock. Then the, just to mention briefly, Allah Ta'ala then mentions other things. He who gives you from the tree a fire with which you light your fuel. So why does Allah Ta'ala mention that? Because you need to know the Arabs. What do the Arabs? How did they make fire? With lighters. <laughs> Buffoons. Who's Allah Ta'ala talking to? The Bedouins. Because he who gives you from the green tree a fire with which you light your fuel. So Allah Ta'ala is telling you. Don't you always seem to get amazed when you rub two sticks together. 
And the fire comes. Where does the fire come from? <laughs> and it's true, you know what you actually do as a kid? What's this? Right? And then you go, you know, it's just naturally, where is that? How did the, where did this come from? Allah Ta'ala goes, come from me. Because a tree gives you fire. Imagine. Then Allah Ta'ala says, has he who has created the heavens and the earth not got the power to create your like? <laughs> so, you know, now you can understand, appreciate somewhat the heavens and the earth. Before they had never clue. They looked at stars, you go twinkle, twinkle, little star. Right now we think, hang on a minute, you know what that star is? It's 20,000 light years away. What does that mean? Go and ask them. Stars dead. You just look at the history. Allah Ta'ala goes, I've created the heavens and the earth. And you're saying, I can't create you. So now he's using another, there's an actual name for this in psychology. If something more difficult is done, you don't start asking lesser questions. That just makes you an idiot. If somebody designs a, a jumbo jet, you don't start saying, uh, can he make a car? Can he make a what? Right? A cart, you know, kids playing. He made a jumbo jet. What are you asking that question for? So at the last slapping us, he goes, the heavens and the earth, what's this? In another part of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says the creation of the heavens is a more difficult matter than the creation of man. But then it means it's easy still, but in terms of if you reflect upon what was needed, then what does Allah Ta'ala say? This is what's interesting right at the end. For subhanalladhi biyadihi malakutu kulli shay'in wa'ilayhi turja'un. Glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah. <coughs> In whose hand lies the hidden kingdom. For not, not mulk. Glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah in whose hand lies the hidden kingdom. Then what does he say? And to him you will all be brought back. <laughs> So Allah Ta'ala is saying something very profound here, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's saying, it's your decision. <laughs> believe or don't believe. But one thing is for certain, you're coming back to me. And this is why the report from the Salaf say, you come back to your Lord as a, a servant that he loves to meet. Like a missing family member that you haven't seen. Or you come back to him like a runaway slave in chains. Because the choice is yours. <laughs> Think about that. You get some people returning and they think they thought they can escape. Imagine, where are you going to go, brother? Pluto, where are you going to go? Right? Go in a spaceship, where are you going to go? Get on if need back, take you to planet X, where are you going to escape to? Allah is going to bring you back, wherever you are. And he goes, but we want to go back with love and affection. So note again, the Prophet put his blessed finger into the spittle and he goes, Allah is warning you. He goes, do you dare think you can escape when I've created you from something like this? So note, this is so important to understand, especially in today's day and age. Why? Because there's kufr all over the place. We're living with the kufr. They're promoting it in schools, left, right and center. So we need to have a solid base. And the solid base is the revelation given by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> Are there any questions? Let us.